Today on a shocking episode of Real Ghost Stories Online in which we reveal the seven herbs and spices used in Colonel Sanders' original recipe chicken. When a group of friends set out for a fun weekend of camping in the woods, they soon discover that they are not alone. However, the figures they see wandering near the campsites and abandoned buildings are anything but fellow living campers. Could they be the spirits of the past, still living out their lives, away from a place where time moved on without them? That story and much more, today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That indeed it is. Welcome to the program. Uh, If you like the show, yeah, press that subscribe button. And if you really like it and you like binging the show, as I know a lot of people do, and you want those commercials to be gone, three ways to do that. And with the commercials going away, you also get access to advanced episodes, exclusive episodes, Uh, and the full archive of episodes. It's the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories. You can do it through Apple Podcasts now. Just click that uh, subscribe there and uh, get on to being in uh, Real Ghost Stories Online Extra through Apple Podcasts. You can even try it for three days free. So that's that's something new. You can actually try becoming an EPP for three days free through Apple Podcasts. Uh, Also, patreon.com slash real ghost stories. You can go there. Uh, or ghostpodcast.com uh, and sign up that way. Get access to all the stuff at uh, ghostpodcast.com, patreon.com slash real ghost stories or Apple podcasts. There's so many things now. It's like, okay. And then if you jump through a hoop of fire holding a kitten with three legs, you also can become an EPP, but only if you land in the lake. <laughs> That's <laughs> But I, I keep did, the kittens yeah. safe, please keep but, the kittens safe. But I do like, uh, quite honestly, the easiest I, Apple podcast, man, that's since that's launched, uh, it's boom, you're done, you're in and you got all the stuff. It's just and it's through your Apple podcast player. Um, it, it's what Apple should have been doing for like the last 10 years, but it's only like happened in the last six. Um, so we got all the stuff up there now. It took a long time of loading and loading and loading but uh, it's all there (laughs) it's all there for you the archives everything everything they allow us to put up uh we got up there for you to binge away on commercial free so what's going on carol hughes hey you know as you were talking about that and getting the three days free you know sometimes like with um you know try it for seven days free like i don't know whatever it's paramount plus or espn plus or whatever But here's the thing, three days free would not even put a dent in all of the content. No, I mean, there'd be a lot of stuff. Like, there's so much content out there. But you could try it. You you could try listening to the... Sometimes you'll go, a whole one series in seven days, so I got to plan accordingly. Sure. Three days, like, you won't even kind of put a dent. There's so much there. You you won't, but you'll get a feel for it. You can listen to the EPP episodes in their entirety. Um, and you can just really see what it's all about and then know that, oh my God, um, I think that's kind of the cool part about it is once you are signed up, there is so much to get through. It's not like, well, exactly. I'm, I'm caught up now 
And uh, now I got to wait. Trust me, you will never be caught up if you sign yeah, up. Yeah, like Paramount Plus. Yeah. Like, because the reason that came to mind is I got it because um, RuPaul's Drag Race mm-hmm. um, was doing an All Stars or something. I don't remember what it was. So I signed up then. And then Ink Master's on there now. And so, really, all I watch, I'm like, this is kind of stupid that I'm paying for just these two things. Yes. Yeah. We can do it. That's not yeah. a very. No, but the great thing about that becoming an EPP is there's so much there. Like it would seriously the um, all that you get would be really worth. I was, a bit I, of I mean, money. I was even amazed. I was because I, I had to load so many things uh, up into Apple Podcast. It wasn't an easy transition getting it on there. Um, that's why it's taken a little bit of time. But I was amazed at how much stuff we have because <laughs> and it was like going through it. I'm like, oh my god, I'm only like to like May or something of this year. <laughs> and I've been working on it for like hours. I'm like, this is like just a giant pile of ghost stories. It's just, it goes on and on and on thousands of episodes. Anyway, uh, it's, yeah. how long did it take you to do that? Um, I made it my priority for about probably five days, give and take uh, over the course of a month. But I mean, I was spending like probably 12 to 15 hours a day just loading and, and then re um, you know, cause you had to put all the descriptions and everything up there too. So doing all of that work. Um, yeah. So I probably, I don't know how many hours that would be, but a lot <laughs> probably, I don't know, 72 or I, I don't know. Um, it took a while, but it's all there. That's all for that. Yep. 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 Uh, let's jump over to uh, one of our first stories here on today's episode. Oh, real ghost stories online it says my name is Dan. I'm from New Jersey. My experience took place in October of 2016, the night of Thursday, the 13th into Friday, the 14th. Until this event, I did not believe in ghosts at all. I was Mr. Science, Mr. Skeptic. Nobody could have convinced me that their ghost story was real. There is always an explanation. For the last six months, I was working as a trail builder in Bear Mount State Park, and the organization I worked for housed us in a camp in nearby Harriman State Park. The camp was rustic. Most of the buildings had screens but no windows, and it was originally built to house members of the Civilian Conservation Corps and had been a Girl Scout camp in the 1970s. Before that, the land was part of the Bailey Family Plantation, a half mile away down a wooded road was a small family cemetery that held the remains of some of the Baileys. The work season had ended. People were packing their belongings and moving out this week. The only people that remained in the camp were the caretaker and her husband, a young woman named Tori, a guy named Jordan, and me. Tori, Jordan, and I ate dinner together, and one of them suggested a campfire down by the lake. I was so tired, so I declined and decided to go to bed early. I was in bed by 10.30, which was early for me, and I fell asleep easily. I was wakened by a sound that seemed to reverberate through the walls. It was a brassy wah-wah type song, and my groggy mind, I figured it was Jordan yelling. Then I hear yo, yo, yo to rouse me to a campfire. I had no interest, so I rolled over, faced the wall and didn't answer, pretending to be asleep. 
lying there waiting for him to leave the cabin, trying to go back to sleep, I got the feeling that someone was standing over me. Nothing specific, but that feeling when the acoustics in the room change or something. I was suddenly angry because I thought Jordan had entered my private bedroom and was standing over me. I rolled over, ready to give him a piece of my mind, but it was not Jordan. It was a girl made of green light like a hologram. My eyes were wide. I froze, staring up at her while she looked down at me. She looked to be around 18. She had her hair in two braids tight to her head and was wearing a dress and an apron with thick shoulder straps. She appeared puzzled by my presence. She had a small smile on her face, but she had the expression of someone looking at a cat or a small animal that was wandering into a building where it does not belong. My mind's racing at this point, trying to figure out if this was real or a dream, and if it was real because it felt real, what should I do? She did not stare long. Instead, she turned her back to me. I instinctively checked my watch. It's a habit I've developed to check my watch whenever I see something out of the ordinary, like a strange person or a car. It was 2.37 a.m. I watched her go to each corner of the room with her arms and posture held as if she were holding something heavy. Keeping her back to me, she went all around the room with her item, stopping, bending slightly at the waist for about 30 seconds. To me, she looked like she was watering flowers. I wanted to speak to her, but I did not want to scare or disrupt her. I was not paralyzed. In fact, I had to resist the urge to jump out of bed. I held my body still, but moved my head so I could follow her with all my eyes. I'm still asking myself, am I dreaming? Did I take drugs and forget? After she went around the room performing this action, she walked past me on my cot, losing her human shape, becoming a shapeless cloud of light, and then passed through the wall. Except it was not a wall. It was a door that had been sealed up long ago that had a small sink on the other side now. I took a deep breath, wondering if I'd lost my mind. I checked my watch. It was now 2.42 a.m. In five minutes, my world had changed. The next summer, I returned for another season of trail building, and a co-worker brought a book, The History of Harriman State Park. There's a brief section about the Bailey Plantation and some pictures. In one of the pictures, there's a group of young women with their hair in tight braids, wearing plain dresses and white aprons with thick shoulder straps. During my experience, I did not feel that I was being haunted, at least not by a dead person. It felt more like I was watching an old movie, some sort of echo from the past. I still do not believe in 99% of ghost stories, but I can't deny my own experience. Thoughts on that one? Well, I thought that was very interesting at the end. After going through an experience that intense... And like, there's no real logical explanation to say, I don't believe in 99%. Mm-hmm. I would say, I don't believe in like 75% yeah. after I mean, an experience like that. I think it would open you up more. On. Yeah, you got to understand other people are telling their truths too. So, yeah, because there's been a lot of stories that are much, I mean, honestly, that to me are much easier to believe than even that one. Sure. You know, because there have been some that are pretty simple. And and that one was pretty, like, the green and the light and the lady and the watering. And, like, 
there was a lot to, you know, that, that would sound, and maybe the whole experience lasted like 10 seconds. Cause when you're in the middle of it, it seems like it went on for 30 mm-hmm. minutes, you know, yeah. but it sounded like kind of a prolonged experience at that. I would say bravo to them for being able to just sit there and let it all play out like that and not say something or run or freak out or I don't know. I guess where do you go? Number one, like yeah. I could run, but obviously can I get away from something that's not there? I know. Just follow me. Yeah. But I would, I don't know. It's like when I was a kid, um, all I ever wanted was just to run out of the house. I was mm-hmm. like, if I can run out of the house, nothing can get me outside. That's how I felt. And so I think that would be, if I saw something like that, I think I would be like, I got to get out of the house. I got to run. Yeah. Got to make a run for it. Can't follow me out there. But I mean, why couldn't it? And then you but look back. That was interesting. And to not ever have an experience and then have one that's that intense. Yeah, it kind of makes up for a lot of it. But it does sound like it's something that was probably residual, doing its thing, watering the plants that aren't there anymore. It's interesting. And and why would that... They were there at one time. And and why would that be the residual thing that plays over and over? I mean, that's probably because it was a ritual. It was done on a regular basis. And it was probably something that that individual enjoyed uh and i think i think gardening in general there's like something that goes on with that where it's a connection uh with people to nature and if you're really it could be houseplants like i have a friend who is addicted to houseplants like she loves watching them grow like i have a couple plants Mm -hmm. um and i i do enjoy watching them grow and in the summer i like all the things that are planted outside and watching them flower like i love that and so i could see you know, that kind of happiness. Mm-hmm. And it brings you peace, too. It was a very peaceful thing to do. I have a, a thing called a garden. Uh, and it's it's like three towers. And there's lights that are on it. And it, I grow, like, peppers and uh, all sorts of Seriously, stuff. you have the best garden area of anybody I know. No, no, it's my indoor garden thing was what I'm talking about. Um, oh, because uh, I was like, the outdoor one is pretty amazing. Yeah. I love, but yeah, yeah, you do have that indoor one. It's a hydroponic garden and it's really neat. And it's like, a, like I have it out in my living room and it looks really cool. And there's always like fresh plants and stuff on it. Um, and it's, but yeah, yeah, it's really cool. But I've been fighting a war with like the little mites. Like I have to keep rinsing off. I finally, <sighs> I finally got uh, some spray. So. Uh, and it's it's not like any sort of pesticide. It's like mint and some other stuff that they don't like. So I'm hoping that that... Uh, and what you really need is a ghost lady to come and yes. deal with that shit for you. That's what I do. I, I do. I need to wake up in the middle of the night and there's somebody out there like spraying the plants and putting water because I forget sometimes. And um, yeah, I do need... I need a ghost. I probably... I or do if need she's water. watering... Like yeah. if she's just watering in your bedroom, it's like, hey, I'm having yeah. a problem with mites. Out in the other room. Yeah, Is go, there any way you could go check on, go that? Work on that? Like, seriously. Yeah. Tonight, we went out to the garden because it's supposed to be like 19 degrees um, overnight. And it's it sucks because it's going to be 80s by the weekend. But this is going to be a hard. I know. It's same a, here. The hard freeze is going to kill all the gardens. But in theory, had this Record night. setting. Yeah, had this not happened, you could still, the garden looks like it would go till mid-November. Uh, so, went out there tonight and got, uh, we picked uh, 
ton, like probably 25, 30 pounds of green tomatoes um, that were wow. all on the vine that, you know, they're not going to ripe. It's all going to die. So we're going to make a bunch of green tomato salsa and things like that. And I took some of my pepper plants that have grown into small trees uh, and I'm, I put those in a pot and put them in the garage and hopefully going to replant them or do something with them and maybe get like a grow light to keep them going through winter. You need a ghost helper lady. I do. I need a ghost helper lady. That would be, <laughs> be awesome. I'm going to put an ad out on like the local Facebook page. <laughs> Hi, I'm that guy. You can just do it with your, yeah. just do it with your mind. I'm that guy that drives <laughs> around the, the, the real ghost stories online truck. I'm wondering, uh, does anybody have like a, a dead grandma or mom that's, you don't want hanging out your house anymore? That could into come gardening, into gardening. And into gardening that you could, you know, bring whatever you think she's attached to to my house and she could help with the gardening that I do really appreciate it. I wonder how I'll that send would, her back. I wonder how that would go over on the community page. I just need her for a while. <laughs> just a little bit. Let me borrow your ghost. Another letter, it says, let me begin by uh, thanking you for making this amazing podcast. I've been contemplating sharing my story for a while now. And after a recent caller's story of a disembodied head haunting her as a child, I decided it was finally time to try to come to terms with my own similar tale. Not long before my 16th birthday, my grandmother passed away. My grandfather, a few years before her, their home did not sit vacant for very long. And on my 16th birthday, my parents opted to move our family of four plus a large dog from the small two-bedroom rental in the larger three-bedroom, two-bathroom home, which was built by my grandfather in the 1960s. Even though both grandparents had died there, the happy memories my father had growing up in the home and those shared by my sister and I, overpowered the bad ones. Unfortunately, it seems we weren't alone in that house. There are many stories of shadows, objects moving, experienced by all members of my family, and perhaps I'll share those later if you're interested. For me, the most terrifying was that of a disembodied head. I was 17 Ooh. years old. My parents had a large screen TV with cable in their room. I wanted to watch something. I can't recall what, most likely something like real world on MTV or something like that. I laid down in their bed and as I got into the show, when I heard something moving behind me, thinking someone had come into the room, I sat up and turned to look at the door and it was closed. The light was off and it was hard to see if anyone was already in there with me. So I turned on the nightstand lamp. I noticed the closet door was open and I didn't recall it being opened when I came into the room. Got up to ask my mom if she had come in and needed anything. I reached for the doorknob. When I saw it, a ghostly, white, wrinkled, bald man's head with black eyes started staring out at me from the closet. I let out a blood-curdling scream and turned the knob. Would it move? I continued to scream at the top of my lungs as I pounded my fist against the door, pulling hard at the knob. The face kept staring at me and I ran backwards to the opposite corner, not taking my eyes off it as I continued to scream and gasp for air. I heard my dad on the other side knocking on the door and trying to twist at the knob, telling me to let him in. I felt my knees give out as I started to hyperventilate between screams. The next thing I remember is my parents grabbing my arms and pulling me into the living room. I don't recall what happened to the head, nor do I remember how long I sat in that corner. I somewhat backed, blacked out from that event. 
My sister said I was babbling about the man in the closet. It sounded like I had lost my mind. Of course, my father thought there was an intruder and tore apart the closet and found no one. Once they had calmed me down, they asked me why I locked the door. Told them I hadn't. And they must have came in. They all stared at me, puzzled, and said no one went in the room. We've all been sitting out here. I started shaking uncontrollably as I told them that the closet door seemed to have opened by itself then. My father, the logical one, tried to say I probably just didn't notice that someone had left it open. That's all. I asked how he could explain the face I saw then. Of course, he continued to tell me it was just my imagination and tried to say I was probably just turning the knob the wrong way and had somehow locked it in my panic. It is possible that I locked the door myself by mistake in my rush, but considering the lock was broken and took two hands to turn it, I just don't see it happening. I asked how he got it, and he said, it just opened after I jiggled it enough. Also something that couldn't be simply explained. The next day, my mother shared with me stories of a cloaked, bald figure resembling that of a monk who haunted my grandfather on and off throughout the years in that home. She also told me that many times when my father wasn't home, she'd feel the weight of the bed shift as though someone were climbing onto the other side of it. Needless to say, it's been 10 years and I still don't go into that room alone. Even with someone, I try to avoid making eye contact in the closet. If you're interested in more stories, just let me know. I'll be happy to share them. Perhaps I'll be more comfortable to call some of these. It's difficult to, especially considering... I blocked most of this out until recently. Thanks again. Thoughts on that? You know, I was kind of thinking as the story was going on about the perspective from the parents, like that would have been terrifying. Mm -hmm. Like you hear your kids screaming in a room and you can't get the door open. Like that, that would have been traumatizing right there. That's and then you, as yeah. the story's going on, I'm like, I wonder what else happened, you know, if anything else happened in that house. Well, obviously, it had. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, but how, like, it was just like a floating head That's of what some it sounds kind. like, yeah, just like... Like, that's some creepy shit. And it makes you wonder, I mean, I don't know that it necessarily, you know, was just a head itself... But maybe that's all the further it manifested and that's all that was coming through. Yeah. Not necessarily like it's just a head, but maybe that's all they were seeing. Or although, maybe although it would like be if fun you really to, want to scare the shit out of somebody, just be a head. I would like totally a do ghost that. would be scaring of. Yeah, I mean, it's like, <laughs> you know, okay, you talk to the ghost. What do you do? I'm going to go in there and freak him out. Yeah, what are you going to do? How? Like, I'm just going to walk. Do this. Just let him see your head. You want to freak him out? Just be a head. <laughs> Exactly. I'll have a guide. Like, I'm going to do like, I'm going to train people how to freak out their family members on the other side. After that, they're dead. That's going to be my my job. Like, how do I, this sounds awesome. <laughs> Let me tell you, I got 400 years under my belt of doing this shit. And I don't know what heaven's like, but I'd rather keep doing this. <laughs> You'd be watch this. I'd have so ghost. much enjoyment. I get so much enjoyment out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this family line. They are totally so. scarred by the shit that I've pulled on them. <laughs> Look, they were like once this really affluent, smart family. Then once in yeah. a while, I do something good. Now they live in a van, like down by the river. 
<laughs> and look at these days licked on their eyes. That's how freaked out I got them. They're, they don't they, they don't even talk anymore. <laughs> I'm great at this shit. This is this is how this is how real this shit can be. Let's go to a uh, caller. Hi, here. Let's hear your ghost story. Hey guys, thanks uh, for allowing me to share my story. Uh, I'm Cliff from Kansas. Um, I called in before once with uh, one one part with my son's story, and the other part was uh, mine and his that actually happened relatively recently in the last three or four years at the house we're currently in. But I've got a couple of stories um, about growing, when I was growing up in eastern Oklahoma. Um, so uh, I'll try to be brief. You know, I was pretty skeptical for a long time there. I'm a little judgy, you know, on people's stories, and I kind of, you know, look for cracks in them and stuff. But these are things that happen to me. Now, you don't have to believe it, obviously, but they happen. And um, in my 40 years, it's only a handful of things, you know, calling in a bunch. It makes it seem like I'm seeing ghosts in every shadow. <laughs> but the reality is, like, it's 99% of the time nothing happens. So I just live a normal, boring life, and I don't see anything spooky. But when I was growing up, I stayed a lot at my grandparents. Uh, they live right down the road, and they had a loving home. I uh, loved my grandparents to death. They passed away. They were older grandparents, uh, probably more great-grandparent territory based on uh, the fact my dad had me when he was older. But um, anyway, they were, they were older, but they were super awesome, and uh, it was a loving space. I didn't have anything to fear in that house at all except a couple of things. One, I remember this so vividly. When I was, uh, like, probably six or seven, still pretty young, um, Grandma had in her room, which I didn't mind her room. I'd stay in there all the time and play. But she had this stupid doll that sat on top of, like, a vanity thing she had, like a mirror, vanity mirror thing, dresser. I don't know what it's called. Anywho, it was this doll. And I don't know why it freaked me out initially, because maybe because of the movies like Chucky and stuff. I don't know. But I didn't like the stupid doll. But it just sat there, had a green dress. I remember it had dark black hair, jet black hair. It's kind of a tan-colored doll. And um, baby doll. And uh, it sat on its butt with its legs out. You know, had the plastic hinged legs, I'm assuming. And it had the plastic head. But it had eyeballs, you know, that if you laid it down, the eyes would close. It like, I don't know, it's not gravity. It's like a, maybe you call it gravity, where you close it and the eyes would kind of naturally close based on the weight on the eyes or whatever. They would do that. And then if you set it up, it would sit there with its eyes open. So it was set up against the wall, you know, up on top of the dresser and hadn't been touched in years, I'm guessing. And, um, uh, those stupid eyeballs would just stare blankly, you know, like, Ugh. anyway, I hated that son bitch. And I walked in here one day, grandma wanted me to go in and get something for her. It was a nighttime. And I didn't like going toward that dresser at night, but she's like, go get my brush or something. She was in the living room. And I'm like, uh, she's like, Bubba, there's nothing to be scared of. I'm in here. And I'm like, okay. So I like start creeping and I'm locked on to that stupid doll. You know, I'm like, you ain't gonna get me. <laughs> you know, I'm watching it. And I'm, like, moving ever so slowly, step-by-step, step, closer to that corner of the room. And uh, got my eyes locked on inside. And I swear to God, <laughs> this happened. Um, it's like, I think it was this right eyeball winked. Like, it, it went down as if it went on its back. 
and then open back up just like that. Uh, just blink for like a full half second. And I screamed bloody murder. That shouldn't have happened looking back as an adult now. Like there's the mechanism was just, a, like I said, a kind of a weighted gravity thing. It had to be back to close and had to be up to open and hadn't been moved in years. And that stupid freaking eyeball winked at me just as I remember just as clearly as the day. I screamed bloody murder, ran back into the living room, and Grandma was like, what's wrong, what's wrong? And, of course, she thought it was fun. She's like, oh, come here, look. And we got the doll down. And I'm like, I'm not getting near the doll. The doll blinked at me. But she's like, look at it. It does this. And I'm like, I know that it does that. It, But it doesn't do it when it's sitting on top of the shelf. I was just didn't care that she didn't believe me. <laughs> I was just like, get the doll away from me. I don't care. And uh, that's the only thing that ever happened with that doll. But uh, I never got near that doll until I got older. You know, I stayed away from the doll. Um, when I got older, I'm like, I'll just rip its head off or something. But um, also in that house, I stayed a lot in there. Stayed the night on the weekends and stuff. And um, I would also, uh, I lived there for a while, actually. And uh, my cousin lived there as well, uh, different times. But uh, I found out later that he, he experienced the same thing. In our bedroom, uh, well, in the whole house, apparently, uh, in, in our bedroom, um, where, we, where we lived at different times, uh, I'd be it'd be like just a normal night, and uh, I'd be watching TV or something, and nothing scary, and the bed would start shaking, like just like vibrate, not like bed like you yeah, at a cheap hotel, but like. Kind of just a subtle, boom, 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 like very real though. And I would sit there on the bed, not scared, just like puzzled, like what is going on, you know? And I would like get off the bed and look under it, and there's nothing there. And I would stand on the ground and try to feel maybe, you know, maybe an earthquake, but you know, there's not really earthquakes down there in the Washita Mountains because it's a lot of bedrock and stuff. You know, it's a lot of rocky ground. I don't, you just don't have a lot of earthquakes. I don't know why. Anyway, uh, but it would it, it would shake, and I could not figure it out. I, like, thought maybe my, I was having a leg spasm, and I didn't realize it, and it was shaking. I could not debunk it. And it would do it. I could watch the headboard, you know, stable, you know, the wooden headboard, and I could see the mattress just barely shaking, just like I felt. So I knew it was actually shaking. And then it would stop, and that would be it. And nothing else would happen and go on with my life. And, and it would only do it, like, once every, you know, three years or something. I don't know, just a couple of times. The whole time I lived there, it would do that. And I found out later my cousin experienced that. Well, funny enough, my grandma, who was, like, this uber Christian but didn't believe in anything like ghosts or anything, some Bible verse or something she had. And, I mean, I don't know if this was a ghost. I don't know what this was, but... Uh, we were. She'd went to bed early, as she was an old older lady, and uh, my cousin were in the living room and uh, watching TV. And her bedroom door was right, you know, right there. And she closed her door, lights off, go to bed at like nine o'clock or something. And she, um, we were watching something. I don't know, Arsenio Hall. Anyway, she comes through the door and just standing there and i'm like what's wrong grandma and she's like in her little night hat and stuff she's like did y'all feel that earthquake and we're like what <laughs> sitting on the ground watching the you know big box tv on the ground and i'm like now there was no earthquake we're you know sitting here and i don't feel anything and she's like yeah that bed was just a shaking 
So even my grandma was like experiencing this weird bed shaking thing. And, uh, she, she didn't think anything of it. She's like, Oh, oh well, went back to bed, you know, and we were kind of freaked out. We went in there with her and looked under the, the, uh, you know, bed and tried to figure it out and everything. And there was nothing. I, I have no clue, but, That's where it ends. Oh. But I think he got most of it out. I think I think it does not yeah. say. The whole doll thing with the doll winking at him, that is creepy. That just reinforces why I really don't like dolls. Yeah. Yeah. Because what if that happened? I would totally be freaked out too. Yeah. That would be anything with dolls really for the most part is just like I'm good I don't want this I, I don't want this to be part of anything in my life at the moment because there's the you know there's a regular doll that isn't scary but there's this other doll that is yeah it's those older porcelain dolls that you know my mom had a room full of them I stayed at her house once this was after I moved out I only think I did it once. Mm -hmm. I haven't spent lots of nights at my mom's house, but that's another story. But um, I woke up like, like it wasn't, it was the middle of the night, but there was light coming in from a street light or something. Yeah. But I wake up and you know that feeling when I don't, when you don't know where you're, you are. Yeah. And I wake up and I look over my Christ. Cause all these dolls are staring at me. In the glow of the streetlight or moonlight, whatever it was. Yeah, I can't do that. I was yet. terrified. Uh-uh. I had a friend. They're all just looking at you. I had a friend who um, um, I remember we I'd stay at his place in Green Bay in their guest room. Uh, there, uh, her, uh, his wife collected all those dolls, and like it was a all around the the top of the room shelf that just did the whole room. Anywhere you looked, there were dolls looking at you. And she was a really lovely lady and not like weird or anything. Uh, but it just makes me wonder, like, what is it in somebody that that this is like comforting or good or happy? <laughs> or, and they don't find it creepy at all. Not at all. Like, they're, they love them. Like, My mom loved those dolls. I'm like, get rid of them. I suppose, you know, if it was like what you had as a kid and you didn't have much or something, there'd probably be some sort of affection there to it. I mean, I, you know, feel affectionate towards some stuffed animals and stuff that I had, but even then, even today as an adult, I, I, if I had a room that was lined with my stuffed animals from childhood and they're all looking at me, I would still feel a little bit weird about that. Yeah. That would be a little, a little creepy. So, all right, that's uh, going to wrap up today's episode of real ghost stories online. If you like the show, become an extra podcast person, sign up. Uh, through Apple Podcasts and get a three-day trial of being an extra podcast person. Check that out or through patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Or you can also uh, go directly to the website at ghostpodcast.com. Advanced episodes, the archive, all of it commercial free and waiting for you right there. Links at ghostpodcast.com. Until next time, for Carol, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.